you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination in godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B. and J-Mac are on tap to help us navigate the show. We're going to open the phone lines up and get some of your calls, so make sure you stick around for that. I'm mm. looking forward to talking with you. Um, it's great to be back with you after um, our tour of Hattiesburg. Yes. <laughs> we had a date night in Hattiesburg on Tuesday night. Cool. And, uh, man, it was so awesome. I just love the body of Christ so much. Amen. I really Amen. do. I, I sincerely, and Will the Great will, he will tell you, he can, he can, um, vouch for me here. I talk often about eternity. Like mm-hmm. I talk often about being with the Lord and being with the people who love him. Like mm-hmm. there is just something that we get to kind of, um, I don't know if this is the right word, but we get to kind of practice a little bit here mm-hmm. on earth, you know, when we get together and and just kind of imagine like, man, what is it going to be like for eternity to live in peace and agreement with one another? Like understanding that what we have in common is so much bigger, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, than what we even realize. And so anyway, it was an opportunity for us to gather with couples on a Tuesday night. It was wild. <laughs> it was just a little bit fun. Um, <laughs> remember Hattiesburg. Oh, remember boy. what we said. What's, what what happens, happens in Hattiesburg? Hattiesburg. Yes. At the Lake Terrace. Stays in Hattiesburg at the Lake Terrace. I told y'all already. No posting on social media. No talking. We'll be screening your calls. If you tell Sherry B that you were at the Hattiesburg date night, you're not getting on. I just, you're not, we're not talking hey. to you. Because we cannot trust that you will keep it all in the family. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm oh, kidding. Man. Sort of. It was a fun time. Really, really enjoyed it. We have another date night that's coming up uh, next month. Um, yes. Glory to God. Like, yes. I hope that it is. Um, I hope that it is as encouraging as it is fun. Mm-hmm. I, I hope that families leave strengthened and encouraged to continue celebrating and making much of God's institution. Amen. This is God's design. Yeah. Anyway, Will the Great, details yes. about September. Yeah, so if you go to marriagefamilylife.net, marriagefamilylife.net, you can get all information about our date night that's coming up September 20th uh, in Jackson, Tennessee. All the information is there. It's from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. Um, dress uh, comfortably. Uh, it's going to yeah. be a good time. We're going to have a meal uh, we're going to play a game. We're going to do some things. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. And so go to marriagefamilylife.net and register. We need you to register, um, you know, so we can know how many people roundabout are coming. And we need mm-hmm. to make sure of that. So marriagefamilylife.net for our Jackson, Tennessee date night, September uh, 20th. Yes. That's right. We have a certain cutoff number. And uh, once we hit that number, then we cannot we cannot allow any more people right. to register. So it's better to do that um, as soon as you know that you can attend. Uh, we want to see you there. There will be food served, so you can you know bring a little bit of an appetite with you. Um, some some heavy appetizers. Yeah, is like I think the way it's described, so I that you'll so. know kind of what to do. Um, and then also we usually there's a we give vouchers 
to McDonald's for afterwards. <laughs> I'm kidding. That's a joke. That's just. See, it's don't just, be saying stuff yeah. like that. I know because be like, yeah. where's my voucher? She said. She said it. You know what? Mika, you know what our kids Mika would say. It. Mika said. Mm-hmm. Mika said. I'm. Be careful when you when your kids start to expand their knowledge of scripture, because they will use that against you. Even when you're joking, mm. they will say, "Let your yes be yes, mm. and your no no." Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Anything else <laughs> mm-hmm. comes from the evil one. And so then you right. try to say, "I'm joking." They're like, mm. um, <laughs> "All right." So here is the conversation that I want to have today. First of all, I want us to acknowledge what's happening in the world right now and updates mm. right now coming out of Afghanistan. When I first uh, started tracking this story, there were four U.S. Marines um, reported um, having been killed in Kabul uh, by suicide bombing outside of the airport's Abbey Gate. And then I checked back to see, because I knew it was a developing story, it's up to at least 10 U.S. Marines and soldiers have been killed in Kabul by suicide bombing outside of the airport's Abbey Gate. There was also a bombing at the Barron Hotel, And in case people are wondering about the significance of that, uh, the Barron Hotel um, had served as a processing center um, and a a refuge, if you will, for Americans. So it served as a processing center for Afghan people who are hoping to flee Afghanistan, but also a refuge of sorts for American citizens um, who were seeking rescue and evacuation. And it seems that there is complete chaos in Afghanistan, which is what we expected to continue to grow and develop. Um, I don't know that President Biden has said anything about this yet. Last time I I was reading, I was waiting and there hasn't been anything. This is something that is interesting Um, from Nancy Pelosi. She did actually tweet Um, after this attack and after this was publicly known Mm -hmm. and um, her tweet had nothing to do with Afghanistan, nothing at all. In fact, this was her tweet quote, you know, today and every day, let us summon the suffragist spirit of hope and strive to lift up the voices of women across the nation because we know this truth. (laughs) When women succeed, America succeeds. That's what she tweeted out because it's Women's Equality Day. Now, there's a certain poetry in that tweet and that this is why our country has failed in so many different ways, because the things that we focus on, the things that we've pushed and shoved even on other nations. Right. When you read these things in light of what is clearly important, what is clearly what should be clearly valuable Uh, We often come up short. And this tweet, I feel like, is the prime example of that. Mm. This is the kind of stuff that we actually push on other nations that are suffering, that Mm. that that need aid. We say we're giving them aid, but it's this kind of rhetoric that we export. Yeah. And I think it's kind of a poet, a poetic moment here that you have uh, what we now know is 10 U.S. Marines and soldiers um, having paid the ultimate price. All right. In service to our country. And she is tweeting about Women's Equality Day. Now, people can do with that what they will. They can say whatever they want. But I think that this makes the case and makes the point for where we are in our country. And so to that end, here was the question. And and this question had already been circulating in my head. And then, you know, getting the updates here, I just felt like it kind of all folds in together. So it may appear to be a piecemeal show, but it's not. I want you to understand that. All of these stories are linked and all of these stories are worth our attention here. So this is my question. 
does God call us to trust government? Mm. That's that's my question. That's the focus of the show today. Does God call us to trust government? Now, I want you to understand me very clearly. And I think this is where we have as Christians in America, we've gotten some things wrong from time to time. We have wrongly interpreted scripture that calls for us to submit to those who have authority over us, to honor those who are in positions of leadership, to understand the role that they play. We have wrongly thought that this was a call for blind trust, that the people who lead us, who are over us, are always going to do what is in our best interest. Mm. Now, you could make the strong case that we've kind of been spoiled uh, here in the United States of America, right? We've been spoiled because we have believed and we have seen um, strong evidence that, man, you know, we can from time to time elect good leadership. But uh, more often than that, we tend to elect people who just told us good things. And then they do the opposite of what they've told us. And so we are often left kind of scratching our head and saying, why do these people make these promises? And then when they get to Washington, they abandon them. Right. Well, maybe all along what we have been tasked with doing is not putting our trust in those people, rather putting our trust and our hope in the Lord. And maybe we've gotten out of balance here just a little bit. Mm -hmm. And there are many, many things that are coming to the surface that the Lord is allowing for us to see so that we might rightly return to putting our trust where our trust is supposed to be. Amen. And, and, and I will just say, and I want to get your take on this too. Yeah. Will the great, but I will just say that this is a mercy of God that we get to see these things sort of the, you know, um, I would say it's like the sustained visual of the underbelly of the way our government works so that we can turn our hope and our trust to the Lord and not to our government. Yeah. And it was never made for the believer to put our trust in government. You know, we Amen. are to always have our hope in, in God. Yes, we respect the leaders and we are commanded to even pray for our leadership. We should be doing those things. But, man, we have gotten out of whack you know, and in a lot of ways, esteemed government uh, and what it could do beyond, you know, our relationship with God in, mm -hmm. a, in a lot of uh, aspects. Mm -hmm. You know, President Biden did say, uh, I guess it was maybe like around August uh, 16th, that if the if there was an attack, you know, by the Taliban upon um, American uh, troops or people, uh, there would be swift action. So we are waiting to see what uh, he's proposing to do. Well, it's uh, going to be interesting to see what he does, though, Will the Great, mm -hmm. because the Taliban has already distanced itself from this attack. It's been now, like ISIS it, said this, right? No, I, the Taliban. The Taliban okay. has distanced itself from the attack and the fingers are being pointed at ISIS as right. if this were a different terrorist group. Yeah, but, okay. Yeah. And but so, here's the. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. I can no, see where ahead. there will be leeway where he would may try to use that and say, well, it wasn't the Taliban. But still, that's exactly the point that I'm making. Yeah, that's exactly the point still. that I'm making. And and I think that this is going to be um, an interesting show to our allies in the world. It's it's an interesting show man, to our very nation. Yeah, I think it's really sad. The position that we're in, the most powerful nation in the history of the world. God did this, guys. I want you to understand when I say this, I don't say this from a place of like. Um, arrogance or like we are this. I say this from a place of thanksgiving and humility, understanding that mm. the reason we are this, 
the greatest nation in the history of the world, the strongest, the most advanced. I mean, just all of the things that you would attribute yeah. to the exceptionalism yeah. that is America. Yeah. Uh, God did those things. Yes. Argue me anybody. I will no. tell you God did those things. Why? Why can I say that so confidently? Because I know who he is yes. and I can read about his sovereignty in yes. antiquity. And look, God did those things and he made America what it is. Amen. But we got to also remember that at one time, Assyria was the greatest nation of Come all on. time. Come on. Will. Egypt, Babylon. Come on. Rome. Right. You know, right, so and right. what happened to all of those nations, mm-hmm. man. So we would be <laughs> we, it would it would serve <laughs> yeah. us well to be humble, man, to turn our, our faces towards God and say, yes. Lord, we're not good. We're mm-hmm. not good. Mm-hmm. We have turned away from you. Like when when nations turn away from God, there's consequences even for Israel, for the his yes. his people, you know. Yes. And so. If we are out there thinking that, man, no, America is just going to withstand like God. No, no, nothing's going to happen. Whoever's saying that to me, they sound like the prophets that were prophesying during Jeremiah's day. Yeah. Nothing's going to happen. Peace. Mm -hmm. Everything's going to be all well. You know, at the same time, you had just a handful seemed like a prophet saying what the Lord was saying. Come on. And we have to repent. We have to look at this and be sober. Yes, that's right. Turn to the Lord. Um, let our trust be in the Lord. And I think that's the, that's the piece that we've been missing, uh, that our trust has not been in the Lord, that our trust has been in our ability to rebound and to bounce back from these things. One of the things I remember saying, um, I think it was last week in one of the programs is that a sure confirmation that the judgment of God is on a nation mm. is that the leadership is inept, that, mm. that you then have leadership that cannot adequately uh, care for mm-hmm. and protect its citizens. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, we are seeing this in sort of an explosive fashion. I want to comment on what's going on in uh, in Afghanistan and Kabul, and maybe we can get to more of it on the other side of the break, but I'll just begin. It's a very interesting situation to acknowledge. I mean, it's, it's one thing for Americans not to know, but for Americans to know that we are relying on the Taliban to set up a perimeter outside of the Kabul airport to protect our Marines Crazy. who are protecting the Abbey gate Crazy. where people are trying. I don't like now listen, I, I don't have any kind of military set. I don't have that's <laughs> I don't come from a long, a long line of that. You understand <laughs> right, what I'm saying? I right. don't know anything about strategy. I don't know anything about those things, but I just know that even if you play checkers, you understand you have some sort of strategy, right? Right? right. All right. We got to grab the break. We'll, <laughs> we'll be right back. Stay there. Family Radio. Appreciate you listening. We don't take it for granted that you spend this time with us, allowing us in your vehicles, in your kitchens, uh, around your table, just as you're working. Thank you for allowing us to be a small part of your day. We appreciate it. I'm yes. Mickey. 
And I'm Will, and that's Angela Prim, Battle Hymn of the Republic. The question today on the top of my mind is, does God call us to trust government? Does God call us to trust government? I think that we have wrongly understood the admonition of the Christian um, to submit to our leaders, to honor those who are in positions of leadership. We have wrongly um, translated that to mean this sort of blind trust that we just do what we're told. We're just going along and you don't see a precedent for that in scripture at all. In fact, you see an allegiance to Christ that outweighs allegiance to allegiance to government, mm-hmm. allegiance to culture, um, allegiance to nation. Uh, there is an allegiance to Christ that supersedes all of that. And we are in a time where the Lord is pulling back the curtain and he's allowing us to see that our trust and our hope was always to be in him. Yes, even in the United States of America. So let's take a jog around some of the major news stories. Right. We already started out with uh, at least 10 U.S. Marines and soldiers have been killed. Is it up to 12? Yes, what I'm seeing now. Like, okay, so guys, and I don't need to tell you this, right? Because we read numbers. We read numbers. But when it's your family, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's not, you, this, we're talking about families affected by this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And again, we connect this to our leadership. We connect this um, to a failure to lead. When you've got Taliban soldiers who are responsible for securing the perimeter <laughs> Around the airport while the Marines secure the inner perimeter um, at the Abbey Gate and they're trying to process Afghans coming through there. They're handling paperwork. They're lifting up babies. I don't know if you've seen some of the images coming Mm -hmm. out. I mean, it's just incredible. And even in that, we're, we're saying that the Taliban is going to keep out, you know, any um terrorists it's like right come on right it really i'm and this seems like such an elementary um example or such you know but it is truly like saying to the fox hey listen now i'm going in the house just keep an eye on the hens i'm going inside just keep an eye on the hens i'll be right back and it and and you have the fox and the expectation is that the fox will sit there and keep out any other predators so you task the predator with keeping out other predators. Now, children wouldn't do that. Come on. You understand what I'm saying? So this again, again, when we talk about what God might be doing in a nation that forgets him, mm. when you've got the type of leadership that even operates beneath a child's level. Mm. Um, I don't know where else you go from that. So mm. that's one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I had some other information. I know that our listeners tune into us, uh, tune into our programs all across the network for so much uh, information because they've cut out a lot of the, you know, the, the deceit that comes from other outlets. But it really <laughs> is incredible yeah. um, to look at some of the pictures and some of the videos that are coming out of Kabul and to understand. Um, I was listening to one report from a man who is in uh, Kabul, and he said that there are thousands of people outside of the Abbey gate and inside of the gate. And he said that planes that hold up to 800 people are flying in and out 24 hours a day. Wow. This man also said that the Taliban has blocked entry to the airport. So while they're guarding the perimeter, they're still not letting people go any further. Those people who actually have papers, Americans are being beaten. Afghans are being beaten. I mean, this is insane and then again just to remind you you've got nancy pelosi who tweets out about women's equality day (laughs) 
It is social restructuring that is important to these people and not any of the things that you might imagine that they were elected to office to do. Right. So that's on the one hand. Then I don't know if you heard about this, but new New York governor, Kathy Hochul, has revealed that former New York governor Andrew Cuomo Cuomo underreported COVID mm-hmm. deaths for New York. He was a rock star. I think he even wrote a book about it. I'd like to hear it. Here it goes. <laughs> he wrote, wrote a book yeah. about that. And anyway, her office added 12,000 deaths, 12,000 deaths 12, to the previous 43,400 deaths wow. that Cuomo reported, bringing the total to 55,400 deaths. This this is remember. Remember the hiding of the nursing home patients who, who were dying. Mm. And I don't mean to be insensitive, but just some of the images coming out of New York mm. because of inept leadership. Yeah. Right. And so again, remember the context of the conversation is, does God call us to trust our government? What is, what is the responsibility of the Christian? Listen, the Christian, the follower of the Lord is always tasked with being a blessing and an accurate and right reflection of the one who has purchased him or her in any country. We're always supposed to be the right reflection of the Lord God. Like we are, we are not supposed to cause problems. We're not, but listen, that, that does not call for a blind allegiance, blind obedience are not <laughs> verifying or as some have wrongly thought, just we trust our government. We trust our government. We're a young nation, but man, the Lord is showing us a lot about ourselves in a short period of time. So not only are our elected officials capable of lying to us, but they do lie to us on a regular basis. They do communicate to us, have truths. They do have at their aim and their core ultimate control over us that we would not answer to God, but that we would answer to government. Mm. This is not something that is relegated to the far edges of society. Now we are seeing these incremental moves. I'm thinking of the story of, uh, well, you sent me this story. I want to say it was either earlier this week, the Eatonville school board um, out of Washington state. They wanted to put ankle monitors on yeah. the kids yeah. to, to, to measure, uh, to, um, to measure their social distancing, right? To yeah. measure how close ankle mm-hmm. monitors on kids Insane. and guess and, and we're doing it without the parents' permission. Insane. Without asking the parents how they felt about their kids wearing an ankle monitor. So how did the parents learn about this? Well, one of the athletes at this school was getting an ankle bracelet put on her ankle when she sent a text message to her mom. Hey, um, mom, they are putting an ankle bracelet on me. This is weird. <laughs> and the mom's like, wait, What? They're doing, they're doing what? Wait, why? The Eaton School Board, the Eatonville School Board of Directors announced on Wednesday that its proximity monitoring program for student athletes will be paused until a final decision can be made by parents and students. Eatonville High School tried to monitor the movement of coaches and athletes who play in higher contact sports using proximity monitors. This is a test. This is only a test, people. Right, so they're going to do it, you know, and then apologize later if they got caught. You know, we're going to stop it. We're going to see if everybody agree. But they were going to go forward with if this girl wouldn't have come out and said, hey, this is happening. Let me tell you something, guys. Resistance is always the display. It's it's always the response that tells them how far they can go. 
So as long as people are like, no, we don't, we don't, we don't have any rights. Mm. We just want to be safe. Mm. We just want to be healthy again. Can we get back to the, we'll do whatever you say. As long as there is no resistance, these people keep marching on. Mm. They keep moving forward. They keep taking ground again. And the question is, does God call us to trust government? No, nowhere in scripture. Do you see this? The Hebrew Hebrew boys were not called to trust government. They were called to trust God. Amen. In as much as they could submit to the king's decrees, they did. But when those decrees rivaled their allegiance to mm, God, they on. were out. It's a no-go. We don't even need to have a sidebar and discuss this. Right. And here we are. We're like, just do what they say, y'all, so we can mm. get back to normal. Just do what they... And so then they learn what your pressure points are. Mm. Here, oh, oh, your pressure point is safety. And see, that goes back to what we talked about years ago, when it, uh, around election time a few years ago. That the main things were safety and the economy for Christians. Yes, yes, That yes, was at the top yes. of the list of things that, you know, would swing their vote. It was safety. And I think we have to really look at things. We look at the scripture talking about being lovers of pleasures mm-hmm. more than lovers of God and our comforts. We've yes. been so comfortable that we become become dull and checked out. We're yes. checked out. Yes. You got to check in. I, I want to go back to something you just alluded to, and I wish I had the all four of the top reasons that uh, Christian conservatives vote the way that they vote. But you, you're alluding to something that is so important at this moment, based on what we're talking about, or in light of what we're talking about. There was a survey that was done in the wake of the 2016 election, and the polling question was, what were the driving forces behind how conservative Christians voted? Versus just conservatives. Mm -hmm. Right. And the reasons, the top reasons mirrored each other. Mm. So among the top four, and I can't remember what the other two are, but the first one was uh, security. So safety and security, or maybe the top one was um, the economy, the economy and then safety and security. And I can't remember what the other two were. And I wish I had the, the report in front of me so that I could give you that accurate information. But the top two were uh, economic security and security of our borders, like security in, within in our country. And these things were very similar to people who didn't claim to be Christians. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that stood out to Will and I at the time when we discussed this on our program was, wait a minute. What about the social issues that we as Christians tout overwhelmingly? Mm-hmm. Life didn't make the top four. Mm-hmm. Sexual identity and, and the preservation of marriage didn't make the top four. Care about these social issues that at the time were still marching on. We That didn't make the top four. In other words, we were concerned about the exact same thing that, excuse the expression, godless people were concerned about. Yeah. People who did not profess Christ we're concerned about the so so some people may say, well, I mean, that's OK. We have some common ground. But is it? Is it OK? Is it OK? Well, it's OK if this is it for us. It's OK if we believe that having a secure nation takes top billing over the Imago Day being marred in man. Mm. Then that's OK. What does God expect of the Christian? That's that's that is the question for every Christian in every government, in every country, in every cultural context in which we exist. What is God requiring of me? And for some reason, we have thought that wherever we are and this is not unique to us, the people of God have done this for a long time. You read the Old Testament, you see it, you see it now in modern history. 
We have folded into the culture that the Lord has deposited us into, and he never intended for us to do that. We were supposed to be agents that were used by God to reflect the holiness of God, to show the culture around us that there is a distinction for people who love. Look, the people of God become a foreshadowing for the people of God in the New Testament context, that there are different people. They operate differently. Their God is the Lord. Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. Their God is the Lord. Instead, what do we see? Even in the Old Testament, we see them folding into the cultures around them, becoming just like the cultures around them, doing exactly what the cultures around them do, caring about the things that the cultures around them care about, and slowly but surely losing their distinction, losing that difference that sort of draws people to them and and, and says to them, inquire about what it is that they have. This is what the Apostle Peter is talking about by the time. And I've said this many times, so bear with me in the repeat. This is what the Apostle Peter is talking about by the time we get to 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 15, where we are told to be ready to give a reason for the hope that lies within us. This comes on the heels of all of the directives for how Christians are to live differently, how we're to be so different. In other words, the expectation, reading it in context, we are supposed to provoke this question. And the reason we have to be ready is because we have lived so differently and so counterculturally that now people want to know why. We told you on this program, and which, by the way, can I just strongly encourage, um, if you did not get to listen to um, AFA at the core yesterday with Walker, (laughs) um, you're going to want to do that. You're going to want to go back and listen to that program. He had on Dr. Peter McCullough. Not only did Dr. McCullough talk about um, how you can prevent the spread of COVID, he not only talked about the work that he's done and what he's written um, on COVID, but he also talked about this new study uh, coming out of Oxford, a paper that was written that found that people who have been quote unquote vaccinated, Mm -hmm. I say who have received the shot, Mm -hmm. Addison's at (laughs) AFR.net. People who have received this shot that they're calling a vaccination is not a vaccination. Vaccines do specific things and this doesn't do it. Right. Now, they, now they're telling you this more and more. In the beginning, they didn't tell you because they capitalized on our ignorance. They capitalized on their ability to use words and our ability to ignore truth yeah. in exchange for safety. So now, and, and, and I'm telling you, you got to go back and listen to yesterday's show. You get the podcast, you download it, you listen to it, you share it with your friends and your family. So here's what they're finding. People who have received these shots carry 251 times the viral load of COVID-19 versus those who have not received these shots. In other words, according to Dr. McCullough, according to Dr. McCullough, these super spreaders are those who have received the shot and not those who have not. Yeah. Let me say it again slowly. The super spreaders that we've been warned would be those who didn't get the shot It's actually the people who are getting the shot. They observed nurses in in, in Vietnam where they were secured in the hospital to watch the spread of COVID-19 among those who received the shot. They were spreading it to their colleagues. 251 times the viral load of COVID-19 for those who received the shot. Where you are convicted, remain convicted. We already told you that. Mm. You have no need to answer them on this matter. We'll grab the break. 
and we'll be right back. America, America, God shed His grace on thee. We've come too far. Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. Um, I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and it's a song for the nation, John Howard. <laughs> Man, it's so powerful. It gets you every time. Like, when you think about it, it, it gets you every time. Listen, God doesn't owe us anything. He has been, and I, this is a cliche phrase, but I sincerely mean it here. He has been better to us than we deserve. Mm. God doesn't owe us anything. He's been better to us than we deserve. Indeed, he has established our nation he has allowed us to send missionaries abroad. Mm-hmm. The Lord has been better to us than we deserve. We have been blessed beyond measure. Yeah. I mean, we 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 could we could rightly be compared to the Laodicean church, mm. you know, like thinking, oh, I don't, I don't, I have need of nothing. Mm. You know what I mean? Like we, man, we we're, we're great, you know. But really, what the Lord is like, nah, you really you're in bad shape. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't owe us anything. Um. I want to open the phone lines, and then as the phone lines are opened and uh, getting queued up, I want to read to you this article. Again, um, Walker covered it yesterday, and I was just uh, listening. I was listening to it today, listening to the podcast, and just listening with my mouth open, like just going. I mean, because, you know, we read a lot of information. Some of it we don't share um, because, again, we're not medical experts, but I'm going to tell you something. You don't necessarily have to be a medical expert when you have discernment. <laughs> the Lord can tell you what to do and what not to do. That's right. The Lord, the Lord can lead you if you will follow and submit to him and ask him. Now, look, he, the Lord may tell you to do something different than what he's telling me to do. And when these are not questions of salvation and holiness and righteousness, then it's open for that. The Apostle Paul referred to these things as disputable matters. Mm-hmm. And there are disputable matters. Yeah. But man, I'm going to, all right, 888-589-8840. Sorry, guys. 888-589-8840. Does God call us to trust government? Does the Bible give any kind of scriptural support for trusting government? I'm going to say something. There is a reciprocal contract that is written in Romans, and a lot of times people overlook it. Um, but there is a there is a certain reciprocity that is expected by the scriptures that the government is supposed to behave a certain way to us. And then we also behave a certain way to the government. Now, the behavior of the Christian is not um, contingent on the behavior of the government in as much what the government does or tries to enforce is not wicked or ungodly. Mm-hmm. OK, mm-hmm. I want you to understand that. But there is an expectation of God or by God of the government. There's an expectation that the government will perform a certain way. So there's a certain um, reciprocity that is expected that we often overlook. And I said, I was going to read the article, but let me go to the word of God, right? The eternal word of God. So here is Roman. Uh, here is Romans chapter 13. I started Romans chapter 13. Let every person, we know this. It's, it's like one of those, as we would call it, famous scriptures, right? That we've all at some point heard, especially, well, okay, here we go. Um, let every person be subject to the governing authorities For there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? 
then do what is good and you will receive his approval for he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid for he does not bear the sword in vain for he is the servant of God an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in sub, uh, subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For because of this, you also pay taxes for the authorities are ministers of God attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue, revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. So what is the reciprocity there that the government was meant to be a servant of God? That the government was supposed to do right. Yeah. That the government is supposed to be a right reflection of God's governing authority. <laughs> Nowhere there do you see that the Christian is called to a blind trust. Mm hmm. Nowhere. Nope. Our trust. And, and let me let me say this. And we're going to go to the phone lines here. God does not even call us to a blind trust. I want you to understand God calls us to trust him, but he waits the call with the evidence of who he is in the earth. Mm. People, yes, yes. God almighty, the creator of heaven, ex nihilo, mm -hmm. something out of nothing does not call us to trust him with no evidence. This is ridiculous when people are like, this blind trust I have in the Lord. He doesn't call you to that. <laughs> he has called you to trust him with evidence. Amen. He has left the record of who he is in the earth. He has left the record of what he does in the life of people who trust him and who run to him. When it is said that the name of the Lord is a strong tower that the righteous run into and are saved, that is not just poetic. That's a fact. And God has left the evidence of that in the earth, that those who would put their trust in him, they will not be disappointed. They will not be put to shame. But Amen. we in America have not put our trust in God. Amen. We have said it, but really we have used it as a cover up for trust in the government. And let me tell you something. I agree with the word of God that a horse is a vain hope in Amen. a battle. It's a vain hope in a time of trouble. The Bible says that even the horse is made ready for battle, but the victory lies with the That's Lord. Right. God, right. it's man. And I hate to use terms like begging. I hate to use terms that almost humanize God. And you have to be very careful in that God is other from us. Mm. He is holy. He's totally separate from us. So I'm going to say this. God strongly invites us to come to him, fully trusting him. And he leaves us the evidence so that we can put our full weight down on him without doubt. Amen. Will the great, where do we go first? All right. Well, let's go to Jason in Mississippi. Hi, Jason. Hey. Hello. Um, that's a good word, Mickey. Uh, can you hear me? Yes. Yes. God bless you, Jason. Okay. Yeah. God bless y'all. And thank you for your work. But also the Lord, when he, allows these things to happen he's calling us back to him again and he's mm -hmm. given us one more chance one more chance and we don't know how many chances we have but we know that he offers us one more chance mm. amen amen thank you so much you, jason. jason i i would underscore what you're saying in that yes these things do provoke us and draw us back to the lord may mm. we be guilty of heeding this like mm. may we not just ignore it and keep going in the wrong direction. Yes. Um, thank you, Jason. I appreciate you, brother. Will the Great, where do we go next? All right, let's, let's go to Steve in Mississippi. Hi, Steve. Hey, Will and Mickey. 
Hello. Hello. Steve, uh, not so great. We were at date night the other night. Absolutely <laughs> enjoyed it. And uh, had, had a wonderful time. My question is, how in the, I kept waiting for y'all to pass an offering hat or do something. Beautiful building, huge crowd. You fed us, you entertained us at no charge. How can y'all do that? I mean, we mm. got to give something to somebody to help with that ministry. Oh, Steve, you guys do, you you do support our ministry. I want you to understand that so many all across this country support the American Family Association, American Family Radio. And this is our way of being a blessing, hopefully, hopefully an additional blessing to you. You do support when you when our share happen and you guys are calling in and you're saying, keep telling the truth, Mm -hmm. keep, you know, getting Mm -hmm. the word out there that you are supporting us. And, you know, we we never want to be. guilty of, you know, being greedy and overreaching and all of these things. But the Lord has provided for this ministry. And and really the call and the determination is that, man, we want families to be strengthened. We want. So so when we're zipping up and down the interstate, like for the Addisons, (laughs) at least we're rolling eight deep. Why are we doing that? Because it's our mission. Because it's our mission, because we see where the enemy has had his foot on the neck of marriages. Yes. And um, and we love the and body so tr- of Christ. We love the body of Christ. We're part of this all together, you know. Amen. And so we, we're honored to be able to do this. And again, like I'll just underscore what Miki said, you know, man, this ministry, mm-hmm. American Family Association, you know, have, has been blessed and we want to be a blessing. We love the body of Christ and we want to do whatever we can to serve the body of Christ, our brothers Amen. and sisters in Christ. And thank you so much, Steve. Thank I can't you, believe Steve. Sherry let you through. We're supposed to be screening <laughs> out the Hattiesburg callers, but... Uh, <laughs> Since you said good things, we'll allow it. No, I'm just kidding. Steve, thank you so much. And thank you for your ongoing support of the Ministry of American Family Association. It means a lot. Will the Great, where do we go next? Let's go to Judy in Virginia. Hi, Judy. Hi. um, Y'all are are such a blessing. I I get y'all on my my way home from work, and y'all are such a blessing. And it's crazy. Well, it's not, because it's God talking how y'all— just say exactly what I'm needed to hear. Hmm. And here's, but here's my thing that I need to ask y'all. Mm-hmm. So I cannot put forth to people, and, and especially it's hard when you're at work, you're not supposed to be talking about certain things. Hmm. But I was thinking if I could like, like hand them, uh, like maybe airing the Addison's, do y'all have, uh, you were saying about the podcast and you could pick them up. You can like, Look at mm-hmm, them. Mm-hmm. Do y'all have that for yours? Yes. Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. So go ahead, Will the Great. Thank you so much for that call, Judy. We Judy. appreciate you. Yes, if you go to uh, AFR.net, there's a podcast page, and all of our shows uh, you can get there. We have an app. We have the uh, AFR app. If you download the app, our podcasts are on uh, that as well, and you can subscribe, You know, and you can get the new show on the app. And so um, if you but if you go to AFR.net and go to the, the podcast page and click on our uh, graphic for Aaron Addison's, you can see all all of our shows. Yeah. And I hope that you'll do that. And, and if it's a blessing and it's an encouragement, then please do share it with your friends, yeah. especially <laughs> I say especially. Um, but in particular, I'm thinking of those of us who love the Lord and need to be encouraged, mm-hmm. need to be stirred, need to be awakened. Um, I pray I, it's my sincere prayer that the Lord uses this program to do that. 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. If you want to comment on today's show, the question is, does God call us to trust government? Mm. Does God call us to trust government? Um, Will the Great, where do we go? 
All right, let's go to Jerry in Texas. Hi, Jerry. Hi, brother and sister. Uh, I called about a month ago, uh, and I was the one that says, am I the only one? Anyway, mm. um, I agree. We are called not to blindly follow the, go- follow the government. There are things that we are instructed to do because the government is there for our benefit. Uh, the founding fathers of this nation set it up differently than what it is now, and a lot of our freedoms have been taken from an overreaching government. Um, but with that, I, I would say that I did listen to Peter McCullough yesterday on At The Core. Mm-hmm. I followed him for a while, picked him up on here and other things. Um, I would ask, as I did yesterday, I called into a different show. Brother Shreve was on, and I asked him, and I asked you all and your listening audience, if you don't mind, my wife is an ER doctor, um, and we are at odds with spirituality of the vaccination she rather that i get it and i have i have a spirit of comfort knowing that if i don't get it god will take care of it and it's fine um along with some of the other things that i've read and researched but really it's a piece of of overwhelming peace that a spirit from god lets me know that i'm fine without it she views it as a gift from god so we're at odds and i'm praying that if i'm wrong he opened my eyes, and if, if she's wrong, he opened her eyes, but always his will above everything else be done. Mm. So I, 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 if you have any other suggestions that would help, she's not really into looking at data and statistics because all she sees in the ER is the worst cases possible. Mm. But as Dr. Peter McCullough said yesterday, those that have been vaccinated are carrying more of a load than those that aren't. So those, she's seeing those that aren't yeah. simply because it could be, be passed along from those that have been vaccinated. Mm-hmm. So. Wow. Any suggestions? Man, well, first of all, wow. Jerry, I, I just want to say that the way you set up your question, I think, is also the answer to your mm. question. Like, so, so what do I mean when I say that? You're praying that the Lord will, if, if you need to do something differently, that the Lord will reveal it to you. Or if your wife needs to do something differently, that the Lord will reveal it to her. Mm-hmm. I can't think of a better prayer to pray. Because in all of these things, we want to be led by the spirit of God. Amen. You know, I will just say this is just a, a personal anecdote. And, and again, and I and I don't think that anyone would hear us saying this. Um, this virus is real. Yeah. People are really contracting it. Mm-hmm. They're really getting sick. Yep. They're really dying from it. Yep. People are really being hospitalized. We're praying right now for people that we yep. know. Who are battling with this. And by the way, man, the Lord is um, aiding in their recovery. Amen. Prayer is powerful and effective. I just want to say that. Amen. At the same time, we have to understand that we do have a government that has um, moved so far away from um, being deserving of our trust that we are we are well within our right to recoil a little bit when they tell us what we have to do. Mm. I listen to President Biden who's saying any healthcare worker that is serving in a government funded facility has no choice in whether or not you get a shot. And I go, was there ever a question that the government would leverage all of its power, all of its control to we're at the point where we say we don't have any personal autonomy. We can't do those things that we feel are our conviction. And I think all of these things foreshadow exactly the kind of country that some of these people want us to have. And unfortunately, it's not being wrestled from us. We are simply giving it away. We are handing it over. Right. 
I mean, listen, if you test and you have antibodies, they, they, that that was one of the things that they told you that you your body will build up immunity. You were told till you reach herd immunity. Now it's like, nope, shots and boosters. Shots and boosters. All right. We're out of time. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless. <laughs>